Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode eight of this podcast, where today we're going to talk about the Great Depression. What a wonderful topic, right? In this time period during a pandemic, when everybody's already relatively depressed, and here we are talking about the Great Depression. And, of course, it's named that because it was the worst economic time that America's ever been through. We've had regular depressions before. In fact, they were a fairly regular occurrence in our history. But the Great Depression was something different by an order of magnitude. The Roaring Twenties had sort of set us up for this. Uh, we overconsumed, we overexpanded, overextended ourselves, and overmanufactured. And the combination of factors led to a chain reaction in our economy. And the stock market crash was only a part of this. You saw businesses that can no longer get capital. You saw banks that had made bad loans and were actually closing their doors. And this was back in a time when there was no coverage. There was no insurance. And so when they closed your doors, if you had money in that bank, you just lost it. By 1932, there were uh, 1,500 individual banks that had gone under, that had gone bankrupt, including many of those banks that had regular loans and weren't in trouble, but because people panicked and ran to take their money out of those banks also, that they ended up in financial trouble. That's part of what led to President FDR in 1932 saying the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Now, the unemployment rate right now is hovering a little bit around 4%. But during the Great Depression, the height of unemployment was 25%. I mean, millions of people that were out of work with no hope of employment in the immediate future. 300,000 people just took to riding trains, just to pick a train as their house and follow that anywhere that it went and hoping to find some work along the way. 300,000 people, about the size of the city of Spokane, or Tacoma, all riding on trains somewhere in the country at that time. A million homes got foreclosed on. A hundred thousand farms got taken by the banks for non-payment. And you watched all these multiple systems just start to collapse. Now, the Great Depression wasn't just an economic hard time. It was an existential threat to the country. If the economy gets bad enough, if the currency collapses, then it's revolution. Then it's start over write a new constitution and, and start from the beginning, which no one wanted. So along comes FDR, who recognizes the moment, and pretty extraordinary, actually, that FDR would want the job, right? Who would inherit that mess. Sound familiar? Uh, and so he gets elected on this, this theme of the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, and he calls together this group of advisors, these really smart economic advisors who are going to give him uh, some ideas about how to address this catastrophe that's happening in the country. And he called them his brain trust. He packaged those ideas into what he would then call the New Deal. And think about that name. Today we, we talk about it as an element of history, but, but imagine this, that's the best name you can come up with. Like, well, you know, we had this old deal and that wasn't very good. So now we're going to try the New Deal. He was trying to keep it simple because simple is reassuring. He did the same thing with how he described these complex economic programs. Broke it down into three categories, relief, recovery, and reform. For relief, he just wanted to provide people with jobs. They need work right now. They can't wait for months for some economic policy to take effect. They just need to be hired. And so he created programs like the Triple C, 
uh, the Civilian Conservation Corps that hired 200,000 young people out of the major cities and took them into the national parks and forests. And they built things like campgrounds and hiking trails and interpretive centers. Every campground on White Pass and Chinook Pass in our own Yakima Valley here was built by the Triple C. Uh, if you go into national parks like Yellowstone and Yosemite, there's still buildings and trails. Uh, the Pacific Crest Trail, in, at least in part, was built by the Triple C. My grandmother worked for the Triple C. She taught PE to elderly people. Uh, the WPA was created, the Works Progress Administration, one of the largest public works programs in history. They spent $2 billion hiring 4 million Americans to build major infrastructure projects like roads and bridges and schools. It's true that the high school that I teach in, Prosser High School, was originally built as part of a WPA program under the New Deal. They hired local people to come and construct the basic brick uh, outline of Prosser High School today. And the new high school they're building today, that's the first one in 85 years. Uh, they also built uh, bridges over the Yakima River. They uh, built uh, part of Yakima Valley Highway. They just grabbed people, employed them in simple labor jobs, and they paid them. And in exchange, uh, not only did they get the labor, but these workers got three meals a day and a tent city to sleep in. So they didn't have to spend their money on anything because they were already being taken care of. And then they sent half of their money home to their families who also got taken care of, kept them in their house, kept their families fed. And this system of spending $1 that was then used in multiple ways, you're going to see all through the New Deal. They also hired uh, bakers and created government-run bakeries. They bought w excess wheat off of farmers and just baked free bread that they gave away every day. Soup kitchens where they made hearty soup and people just lined up and they gave them a bowl until the soup was gone. Uh, feeding America and hiring America. Then they went about trying to save the big economic systems that we had. That's the recovery part of the New Deal. They said we have to save the banking system and so they reformed it. They separated investment banks and savings banks so people weren't taking your savings and investing it in the stock market or something risky. Um, they uh, closed all the banks for a short period of time so they could be audited and not reopened until they had government confidence that they were safe. They also reformed the housing system and said there's lots of people who can't pay their mortgages. And so the government just came in and bought the mortgages. They just came in and spent the money and said, now you don't own the bank anymore. You don't owe the bank anymore. You owe us. And we're a lot cooler than a bank. Your interest rate just got dropped. And we have a flexible payment system if there's a bad month where you can't pay. With the idea of keeping people in their homes. They did the same thing with farmers. They came in and bought farms that were uh, uh, completely going to go under if they didn't get some help. And so they didn't owe the bank anymore. They owed the government and flexible payments and low interest, which kept people farming. They started subsidies so that we didn't produce too much, which had always been our problem, growing too much of one particular crop and the price wouldn't stay up. So they passed subsidy and price supports and paid some farmers to conserve the soil and not farm some years so that the prices would be better, but also the land itself would be better, better husbanded, better taken care of. Uh, there were just hundreds and hundreds of programs. The post office in Prosser was built by the WPA. If you look at the cement foundation outside the front door, you'll see the date 1935, a WPA program. Uh, the mural inside 
uh, the, the post office was painted as part of a WPA artists program. We were hiring everybody we possibly could to do any kind of job we could. The only problem with those jobs is that they were temporary. As soon as that mural was done, that artist was unemployed. As soon as the bridge was finished, as soon as the school was built, there wasn't any more job for them. So this only was a band-aid that got them through. And that's really important. The New Deal didn't fix anything. It got us through a rough time intact. Lastly, there's a reform program where they wanted to make sure that the Great Depression never happened again. And they created some programs that you've all heard of. One of those was Social Security, the Social Security Act of 1935, which for the first time had a government program and a law that said that when you turn 65, you don't have to work anymore. You'll get a paycheck every single month until you die. And that paycheck will be paid for by taxes on people who are working now. And that's how that system has always worked. We tax people who are currently working to pay for those who are currently retired. Now, that was a very popular program, of course, because elderly people during the Depression had the hardest time finding jobs. Who's going to hire me? I'm 65. I can't do physical labor. It also protected orphans, people who had lost their parents, which was much more common in those days because of the diseases and the healthcare system we had. It also protected people who were physically disabled, maybe were blind or were missing a limb. And so it took these vulnerable people and created a safety net for them. Other parts of the New Deal included the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, which insured your bank accounts. Now, if your bank goes under, you're not going to lose your money because the insurance policy will pay it off. And every door of every bank you walk into today says FDIC protected. Last but not least, the Securities Exchange Commission to reform the stock market, to limit the kinds of risky trades that they had and make the stock market more stable. It was such a productive time period for the government. There were so many programs, but they all cost a lot of money. So the last thing to remember about this time period is that we borrowed a lot of cash in order to pay for the New Deal. And we were running out of that possibility to borrow by the end of the 1930s. And so it was only World War II and employment for World War II that ended up taking us out of the Depression. That's a lot of stuff in 10 minutes, but that's it for this, this uh, podcast, and thanks for listening.